Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hey, welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Sahiba, and today we'll be talking about Liana on the Basis of Sex, the Snowman 40th Anniversary, Welcome to Marwin, and Aquaman. And right now, I'm going to begin talking with the talented National Emmy-nominated cinematographer and award-winning filmmaker Aaron Koch about his feature directional debut, Liana. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Of course, it's such an honor to be able to speak with you today. So, Liana is a unique tale that is brilliantly portrayed on screen. So, where did you find the inspiration for telling this heartwarming story? Thank you. I grew up in Swaziland, now actually called Eswatini. The name just changed. Um, It's a small country in Southern Africa. um, And... You know, having grown up there and and having known the kids who are in the film for a really long time, um, we have for had for quite a few years been trying to figure out a way to make a film with these particular kids. Um, just they're such a special bunch of kids, and their their lives um, have just really been so remarkable. We wanted to find a way to make make a film with them um, that was true to their story. Um, you know, yes, the kind of the pain and the difficulty that they've been through, but also, you know, all the joy and optimism and hope and dreams that they, that they also have, you know? So we, it's something we've been thinking about and toying with for years, actually, before we even started filming. Um, but we, we eventually decided on, on the idea that the kids could use a fictional character to kind of give them the space to express themselves fully and share themselves with the world kind of on their own terms. Wow, that's really amazing. And I find it so fascinating that um, you you knew these children wanted to share their stories. So how was your experience directing um, with these children, really delving deep um, into their emotions and imagination? Well, it was really exciting, to be honest. I mean, it was it was really cool because they were telling us the story as we were filming, you know. So we were, you know, we were sort of participating with them in this imaginary space, envisioning it as they were describing all of the crazy things that happen um, in Liana's adventure, you know, this character that they create. And then they send her off on this crazy quest with her sidekick, who's a cow. Um, so it was just really fun to watch them, like, fully embrace this fictional character and really just let their imaginations kind of run away with the story. Um, and then it was just a matter of trying to keep up, <laughs> you know, the kids had, the kids had so many different ideas and, and, um, Sibu Siso, one of the kids in particular just is like a storytelling machine, man. He would just go crazy. I had so many ideas that, um, you know, the sun would go down and our camera batteries would be dead before he was out of ideas. You know, the kids just came up with so much interesting stuff um, that it was a really fun to kind of be a part of that process with them. Um, and it was all, what was really inspiring though, I think is, is watching the kids really understand the importance of this fictional character and really kind of go deep, um, understanding how much they could draw from their own experience and, and put that into the character and understanding how much 
kind of importance she had. Um, and what's really exciting now is that the film is done, you know, going to Q and A's and getting, you know, having them see audience responses. They're just so proud of this thing that they created and they understand that this beautiful idea that they had is now affecting thousands and thousands of people all over the world. It's, it's kind of a crazy story. You know, we just, as directors, Amanda and I, we just sort of feel like we're along from, for the ride in a way. Wow, that's really um, inspirational. I'm sort of in awe right now of um, everything you just told me and what these children were able to achieve. It's really inspiring for me. And um, I'm really, really wanting to watch this film. And right after this interview, I think I'm going to have to go see it. Um, but how has being a part of making Liana impacted you personally, like working with these children? And it seems like such a wonderful experience. Yeah, thank you. It, it really has. I mean, we've been working on the film for eight years. Um, so it's been a huge part of our lives for a long, long time. And, you know, part of the reason that we wanted to make the film was just because these kids, um, you know, they inspired us. We feel like we've learned so much from them. You know, they come from such difficult circumstances, but still have such kind of wisdom and charisma and creativity um, you know, they, they've really been an inspiration to us throughout that whole process. You know, I mean, I think we really kind of admire them. Um, and so we've just tried to stay true to this story. You know, we feel like they have given us this gift, this story, and we're the messengers of that story to the, to the world, you know. So we've just tried to stay true to this beautiful thing that they created. And we we're really excited about how how young people all over the world are, are finding inspiration from these kids, you know? Um, I think that, you know, it's like if these kids can do it, if these kids can create something so beautiful um, out of such hardship, then I think it's a great lesson for all of us, you know, ourselves and me and Amanda included, um, just understanding that there's, that each one of us has a voice and it matters and, you know, it's our responsibility to, to tell that story in the world one way or another. Yeah, that's really beautiful, and I have so much to learn, and I'm so excited to see um, this film and everything I have um, to gain from it. Um, so I noticed that you are an Emmy-nominated cinematographer, which is obviously evident in Liana, but how has your career as a cinematographer helped you um, in creating this um, documentary? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, I was nominated for an Emmy for a film that I shot in Pakistan several years ago. And um, of course, it's, it's always a great honor to be to be recognized, you know, by by the folks in the film industry. Um, and yeah, you know, of course, all of the work that I had done previously informed this film um, but really, this film was always like the closest to my heart, really, of all the work that I've done. This has been the one that's kind of most important to me, really, because it's so personal. And these kids are such good friends of ours, really. And we wanted to make sure that that we made a film that they would be proud of, that they felt like, you know, they could see themselves on a big screen and be proud of how beautiful they are, basically. So all of the cinematography and everything was kind of shaped around that, that we, we wanted to make sure that the images we were creating from these kids and their lives um, were images that they would be proud of. 
Um, and this fictional world that the kids create, this fictional story that they tell, we wanted that to be beautiful too. You know, we wanted it to be true to their imaginations. Um, and so we worked a lot with the amazing animation artist, Shafela Coker, who's from Nigeria, to create all of this beautiful imagery that brings Liana and her quest to life. Wow, this is really wonderful. And um, I'm learning so much from you right now. And it's really amazing. Um, you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Liana on the basis of sex, the snowman 40th anniversary. Welcome to Marwin and Aquaman. And I'm going to continue talking with Aaron Kopp about Liana. And so I'm really curious, um, what was one of maybe the most difficult things about creating and um, directing Liana? Hmm. Well, um, you know, being an eight-year process, it was it was kind of all difficult, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but, but really rewarding, um, you know, to get to be a part of this story with the kids, to kind of bring their story to the world was, was a huge honor. So, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that was difficult. Um, but I, you know, in the end, it's certainly, it's all worth it for sure. You know, sometimes the most difficult things we do are also the most rewarding. Um, but I think, you know, part of, honestly, it's sort of a boring part of the film. And that's part of the reason why it was, it was tedious was just the fundraising, you know, because it's an interesting film, you know, it, it combines documentary and animation and it's, it's for kids, kids love it because it's this crazy, awesome adventure story. But then also there's a lot of like serious social meaning in the film. So it's for both adults and kids. And in order to kind of convey that to people before the film was made, it was a little bit hard to get people to understand what it was going to be. Uh, before they could see it, you know, so the fundraising process was definitely a challenge. And, and that's just kind of one of the things that you have to do to be a filmmaker is to know how to, you know, raise money to make a film. Um, but all of the other work um, was really challenging, because we felt like, again, we had to be true to this awesome thing that the kids created. Um, but that kind of work, even though it's hard, it's, it's all totally worth it, you know, because you feel like, you're working towards a goal, you're working towards creating something beautiful that you know that so many people around the world are, are going to appreciate. Yeah, I think it is um, very much appreciated around the world. It has over 30 awards um, from film festivals and awards all across. And so how does that feel for um, such a personal film, like you said, to be recognized and really loved and appreciated everywhere? Yeah, it, it has been really humbling to have all kinds of different audiences, lots of, you know, festivals where the juries are kids and, you know, just places all over the world that we never imagined the film would show to have the, the film resonate there, uh, you know, makes us tremendously proud, of course, but really, you know, all of the, the credit for how good the film is goes to the kids, you know, because it is this fictional world that they create. It's, it's just from their imaginations. And the reason it's as cool as it is, is because, um, because they're so creative and interesting and inspiring. And it's, it's been really encouraging to see the kind of empathy and hope and inspiration that it's, that it's inspired, you know, from all kinds of different people around the world. That's wonderful. And so finally, what do you hope to achieve as people watch Liana? Well, I think... We want people to view, to, to have this experience with the kids 
that's kind of like our experience with the kids that it just that they will feel respect and admiration for these kids who um, have had such a difficult time in their early lives. I think, you know, it's easy to think about people who are different than ourselves in kind of a simplistic way. And we just want this film to sort of prove that, you know, no matter where you come from, that you have a beautiful story to tell and that getting to share that beautiful story with audiences all over the world. I mean, we just want to inspire people to tell their own story and to be able to kind of reach outside of themselves and understand that, you know, people who have different experiences than they are really have so much, so much in common. You know, we think it has the ability to cultivate courage and empathy. And, um, you know, I think we really just want to encourage people to, to understand that, yeah, their own story is powerful and valuable and, um, these kids have a lot to, to teach all of us and to inspire each of us to tell our own story. Oh, that's really beautiful. And it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. So thank you so much for being with uh, here with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I would love to, you know, hear from, from the listeners. You know, feel free to hit us up on Instagram at Liana Film, um, L-I-Y-A-N-A, or lianathemovie.com. And, you know, hopefully we'll have a screening near you. You're happy to, anyone can host a screening. So we look forward to showing it wherever you are. Thank you so much. And I'm going to check out this film. And if it does come to a screening next to you, it's a beautiful film that, everyone must see so be sure to check Lihana out let's take a break i'm sahiba and you're listening to kids first coming attractions today's show is sponsored by llama llama red pajama it's your world motivate change succeed VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Liana, and next we'll be talking with Ella about On the Basis of Sex. Welcome to the show, Ella. 
Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. So can you tell me a little bit about this movie and what is it about? Well, basically, it's about uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is now serving on the Supreme Court. And it's about her first actual case that she fought. Um, it took her a while to actually break into the field of law because she simply because she was a woman. And um, it... Uh, basically just, you know, goes more into detail about, you know, how she got her start and, like, how sexism can also discriminate against men. It's not just women that it affects. It's men, too. That's really interesting and um, sort of different and something you don't hear um, too much. But um, how did watching this movie uh, make you feel? Well... I'd say the number one thing it made me feel was it made me feel empowered and it made me feel like grateful for her definitely too, because I wouldn't be able to do, there's like so many different like things. Like I wouldn't, if it weren't for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, I wouldn't be able to go to college and get a good career and just have like more, or I'd have less freedom if it weren't for her. So it definitely made me feel really grateful for her. And, you know, made me feel strong and empowered as a woman. Wow, I never knew that. And, yeah, I feel recently I've been um, hearing more and more about her. And um, the more I hear, again, the more I'm um, very inspired. And I've been wanting to watch this movie, so I'm super excited and curious to see what you have to say. So um, what else did you think about um, the acting? There's Felicity Jones and Army Hammer. Oh, um, yes, Uh Army Hammer, I thought was great. He's definitely one of my favorite actors. I saw him in Call Me By Your Name, and I just, I absolutely adore him. And um, I got to see him at the press screening that I went to for On the Basis of Sex. And um, I just thought he did an incredible job. And um, Army and Felicity's chemistry as Martin and Ruth was just great. And it, I really loved um, Martin's character, too, because he was very supportive of his wife. Um, that said, I do think Felicity could have... The one thing that bothered me about Felicity's acting was the accent wasn't strong enough. Like, she had her accent on some words and not others. But overall, I'd say that um, the acting was pretty darn good. That's good. And um, you mentioned the press conference. So can you tell me a little um, bit more about... Um, how that experience was? Yeah, um, it was great. Yeah, I got to um, see Felicity Jones, Army Hammer, uh, Kaylee Spaney, um, Justin Thoreau, and um, the writer who also happened to be uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's nephew, Daniel Stiebelman. I got to, I only, it was a short press conference, so um, I only got to ask one question and um, I asked Daniel Steepleman, I asked him, um, how does being his, uh, how does being Ruth Bader Ginsburg's nephew, like, how did that influence the movie, and, like, what did you learn from her, and, um, yeah, his, um, his answer was really great, I was just completely taken away by him, or taken aback by him. Oh, that sounds like a really wonderful experience. And uh, going back to the movie, what did you think of um, the set uh, set design? Because it was in a different time period, so were they able to live up to that? Yeah, um, it was in the 70s and in the 50s, and I do think they really lived up to that. Um, the aesthetic 
for both time periods. Um, I mean, I wasn't alive, but for in that time, obviously, but from what I could tell, it was pretty spot on and it um, gave my mom who was alive during those time periods nostalgia. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's wonderful. And do you think they stole, uh, they told RBG's story well? Do you think they were true to her and were able to get her um, sort of powerful and inspiring demeanor across? Um, Yes. It's interesting that you say that because when uh, I was interviewing uh, Mr. Steepleman, the writer, um, he was saying that the number one thing that um, RBG was concerned about was the truth of the story and like staying true. And so, yes, it was very um, truthful and it was very um, factual and um, like reliable, pretty much. Yep, that is always important saying true to the story and. Um, so finally, what did you? What would you say the age range and star rating would be? Um, I would give it a four and a half out of five stars, and um, recommend it for kids ages eight and up. Also, it's been such a pleasure to talk with you, Ellen. I've had such such a fun time, and I'm super excited to watch this film and um, check out. RPG's inspirational demeanor for myself and um so thank you so much again for speaking with me of course thank you for having me of course and so um be sure to check out on the basis of sex and theaters today you're listening to kids first coming attractions today we're talking about liana um, on the basis of sex, the snowman 40th anniversary, welcome tomorrow and, and Aquaman. And right now I'm going to be talking with Ryan about the snowman 40th anniversary. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hello. Hello. So can you tell me a little bit about the snowman and what is this story about? So the snowman is like a short film, you could say it's like 30 minutes and it's not told through like dialogues, told through like music and animations. And the story is about like a boy, and he basically makes a snowman which comes to life. And he and the snowman go on this adventure to like the North Pole. And you see like this snowman's like culture and all this stuff. And then towards the end, it has like more of like a bittersweet ending. Oh, it sounds sweet. Oh, but I'm sad about the bittersweet ending. But um, I know that you just mentioned that there was no dialogue in the film. How did uh, that affect the Snowman 40th anniversary? Did it um, sort of change the way it was told? Um, the movie basically, I don't know, it feels different because nowadays every film almost has dialogue. And it's just like weird seeing how a story can be told without it. And the mute, like, at first, I was like, mm, I might not like this because no dialogue. But then as the music goes along with, like, the film, it it's very nice. That's wonderful. Yeah, it is difficult. I always feel to make a movie without dialogue because there is um, so much emotion and that's usually conveyed to dialogue. But how was the music as a substitute? Was it um, really well done? Yeah, the music was very well done because... Each scene might have a different song, and they would, like, transition it very, like, smoothly so you wouldn't hear the big change. Like, each uh, scene had a little tone change, maybe happy, maybe sad, and they smoothly did it by, like, transitioning music, and I really liked that. So 
it didn't feel choppy the film because like the music in some ways was filling in part of it to make it less choppy well that's nice and um so what did you think of the animation um i have mixed feelings about it since it's like the 40th like like year that they like to honor i feel like maybe they should have polished it a bit more since it's been like 40 years it would be nice because in the beginning there was like a few hiccups in the animation but besides that i like the little retro kind of like film style for like the animation it's very like color pencil ish in a way okay that's very unique and um you don't see too much of that today but um so did you like the way it ended i know you mentioned it was bittersweet uh do you think there could be a sequel to it Mm, not really because it's basically like at the beginning it's about a man talking about uh, a snowman he had as a child and how it ended i highly doubt they would make a sequel okay that's cool and so was there something very special that stood out to you while watching the snowman um something special is that the snowman had like a whole family and i didn't know that because the snowman was like born like in the middle of the night and i was like wow this snowman has a family that's interesting and i like the culture because they would dance in a campfire which is kind of like ironic because snow and fire don't work together Oh, that sounds really sweet, though, and very cute. Um, did you have a favorite part or a character in this film? Um, my, like, characters are the boy and the snowman, like, every other character. Because if there's no dialogue, I don't find anything, like, interesting about them as much because there's not a lot of, like, interactions. But my favorite scene would be when uh, they start to fly and they start like going to the North Pole. That was a pretty cool scene because as they're flying, you see people looking out their windows and then the score kicks in where it's like an opera music as they're like flying and all that went to well. So like it was like executed like perfectly and I really liked that scene. Oh wow, that sounds um, very fun and sounds like a very fun and inspiring scene to watch sort of flying through the city. But, um, so what messages did you take away from the film? Um, a message I got is, like, enjoy the time, like, enjoy the moment and, like, live for it because one day, like, all those, like, good times would eventually go away. Oh, that's a very sweet message. But, um, so finally, what would you say the age range and star rating would be? Uh, the age rating would be, like, like seven to like no five four to seven like it's for younger viewers because for an older viewer like me it didn't like catch my attention as much and like the star rating i'd be like 3.5 out of five stars because i don't know the animation like even though it was okay it wasn't like the best since it was like 40 years i kind of expected like maybe a bit more polished and i don't know the pacing was a bit weird like it was a bit slow but then it got fast and it was like Um, like not balanced in some ways okay i see but oh it's been really fun talking to you ryan and i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day thank you so much well thank you for having me
Of course. And so be sure to check out the Snowman 40th anniversary on DVD today. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama Red Pajama. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm sahiba and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we've been talking about liana on the basis of sex the snowman 40th anniversary and next i'll be talking with rowan about welcome to marwin welcome to the show rowan hi thanks for having me of course. So, can you tell me a little bit about Welcome to Marwin and what's going on in this film? And well, basically, it follows the main character, and he and he got attacked in a hate crime outside of a bar, and he like lost all of his memory, and he lost his ability to express himself using art because he is like he can't draw anymore. So he starts using his dolls to to escape into like a, his imaginary world oh that's an interesting story it's a bit sad um so how did watching it make you feel and well it was kind of uplifting because like near the end he has to go and face his problem which was the people who attacked him he had to face them in the courtroom Oh, that sounds intense. Um, so how did the acting uh, help convey these all these emotions? Was Steve Carell able to do a good job? I know he's a comedian, so it's sort of interesting to see him come in um, such a role. Well, I think he did quite well portraying his character, the live-action character. But I feel like the lip-syncing just wasn't quite right with the animated doll character. 
Oh, okay. And so when you say live action, um, was there a live action portion of the film and um, a portion that was not live action? Well, majority of the film was live action, but there's some scenes where he that just show the world he's imagining with his like dolls. Oh, okay. And um, how did you like these parts of the film? I think they're really, really done, and there's like a lot of unique like connections that were made, like to like things that it on um, things he used that weren't tiny that he used as tiny things. Like there were a couple nails that were used as like fence posts, that kind of thing. Oh, that's interesting. And so, how did um sort of these two different worlds, this live action world and um just the regular world, how did they come together in this film? And did they complement each other well? I feel like they connected really well because like the, everything that was happening in the animated world was just entirely in Steve Carell's imagination. So basically. So a lot of the times, like he would lie down, and then he would start hearing noises. Then he'll look up and see the dolls moving, or or just like cut, and then the next scene starts with the dolls, and then it's like, is this like actually happening? Because this was like, right at the beginning, and then it shows him like he's just taking a photo of them. Oh, that's that's cool and sort of unique for a film. And so, in this live action world, were there other characters other than um, Steve Carell himself? And um, well, there was Nicole, who was like his new neighbor, and then there was like a couple people who worked with him, who were just trying to like help him deal with PTSD from the attack. And then there's the lady who owns the hobby shop. She was also there. Then there's his lawyer, who's, like, trying to convince him that he has to go to the court trial. He can't skip this, otherwise they'll just, like, get away with this crime. Oh, that's interesting. So, um, were these characters really different in the live-action world? Did they have um, sort of a twist with the imagination there? Well, in the imagination, imaginary world, it was basically kind of set in, like, World War Two, I think. And basically, the ca- all the characters he had dolls represent, they all had, like, just one main feature of the character in real life just amplified just to be the entire character. Okay, wow. And um, you say that it's um, set during World War Two. How did they... It, how were they able to portray this, like, with the set design and the background? And, well, basic, basically, all the... There were three... Nazi dolls who came and they were the villains in this world and they kept attacking the town which he called Marlin and that's where all his characters live and then the, there was this one character he created to like represent his antidepressant medicine who was like a witch who was able to control time and she kept resurrecting the Nazis so they kept coming back Oh, okay. And is this story, is it based off a true story? Yeah, it's based off a true story. Okay, well, and did they, do you think they did justice to the um, real-life story in the film? Yeah, I think they I think they showed how, like, the town tried to help him and how he pushed through, like, a major problem he was having. Okay. So you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about 
Liana on the basis of sex, the Snowman 40th anniversary, and I'm going to continue talking with Rowan about Welcome to Marwin. So, um, what did you think of the music in this film? Um, well, the music wasn't really very noticeable, except in, like, the really intense action scenes that were happening in the doll world, which are, like, so, like, in the real world, the music was just kind of very subtle and wasn't really noticeable, but in the doll world, it got, like, really intense, which, like, fit and kind of showed how this world isn't real because it's, like, really exaggerated music. Okay, cool. And so how does this um, sort of World War Two setting, how does that relate and sort of enhance the backstory that's going on in real life? And, um, well, basically, the fact that it's World War Two isn't really affecting the story because the story is just like things he's like imagining could happen in real life okay i see and um so was there anything that you disliked about um the film and well i disliked how there was this there these couple of scenes where the witch who's like his antidepressants um, she's just like kind of floating around next to his what him while asleep, telling him to take more than he's supposed to. But I don't. I feel like just because she's animated and he's not, it just kind of looks. She looks out of place there because the other dolls they're not usually on screen where he is, or if they are, they're much closer to the camera or much further away from the camera. So they look real enough. They don't look super real, but they have details that make them real. But she's just kind of flying on his pillow, which is kind of ridiculous. Oh, okay. So, like, they sort of messed up on the animation a bit, would you say? I think the animation's fine, but just because of the way the dolls are designed, they don't fit in with just next to a human person close up. Okay, okay. And so did you like the ending of this film? Do you think there's a chance that um, there's something more to the story that maybe we'll see in a sequel? I don't really think there's going to be a sequel because, like, the story, the villains who were the people with the hate time because they represented the villains in the doll world, they, they left. And then since it's based on a true story, like he goes on to have a successful photography career. Oh. And, like, that's not very... That's not going to really fulfill a story because the main problem, the obstacle he faces in life has kind of been past. Very true. Yeah, and so, did you have a favorite part um, in Welcome to Marwin? And, well, there's this one scene where he, like... He, like, had taken, like, way too many of antidepressants and he fell off the bed. And because of the way he had edited his house so that the doll world had, like, built into his walls so that the doll houses were inside as well as outside and they connected, there was this one scene where he imagined the villains were attacking in, in into the house. And it was just, like, it was a really nice shot because, like, it was him falling off the bed, then it was like, then it scrolled to the right where the flashing was coming from, and just showed all the dolls fighting the three other dolls. Oh, wow, that's really creative, and sounds like a very interesting scene. And so finally, what would you say the age range and star rating would be? And what I'll, I'll say the age range is like 14 to 18, because there are some kind of adult jokes that I think 
kids wouldn't really enjoy. And then I give it four out of five stars because it's it's kind of interesting, but some scenes it's like like this feels unnecessary. Okay. Well, thank you so much um, for being here with us, Rowan. It was such a pleasure to talk to you and learn about this movie. Welcome to Marwin. For having me. Of course. And so be sure to check out Welcome to Marwin in theaters today. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama Red Pajama. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Saiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Liana on the basis of sex, the snowman 40th anniversary, Welcome to Morrowind, and next we'll be talking with Zoe about Aquaman. Welcome to the show, Zoe. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. So, can you tell me a little bit about Aquaman and what adventures are taking place? Um... Well, Aquaman is kind of like a story of a young boy who was born on land, but his mother was like the queen of the sea, and so um, over time he eventually like goes through training and stuff, and then he meets his brother, and then they start fighting and stuff. So um, there's a spoiler part. I don't want to say that, but <laughs> something else happens, and then he meets with this another character that we meet, Mira. And together they kind of try to find this cool trident, and we Aquaman thinks that if he gets it, everyone will respect him more to be king. So then finally they find it, and they go back to the sea, and then he becomes king. 
Ooh, I love this movie, and I'm so excited to be talking with you about with um, you about it. And so I'm so excited to hear everything you've got to say about it. So, um, watching this movie, what did you think of the acting? There are um, some talented actors like William Defoe and Jason Momoa. I think the acting overall was very well. I feel like the Jason Momoa was very mm, char- character characteristic and he really portrayed the role of Aquaman and I think that um also Amber Heard for Miro they were I feel like they were just really good like acting together and I really liked how Amber Heard played the role of Mira. Awesome. Yeah, she was pretty cool in the film. And so, what did you think of the set design? I mean, it's pretty cool because they're underwater a lot of the time, right? Yeah, I thought the sets, they were amazing. Some of my favorite, like, scenes were actually underwater. Um, and those were most of, like, where the, like, the sets were and stuff. And I love, like, the special effects that they put into, like... All the things underwater and the beautiful images of the futuristic world. And overall, I think that they did a really good job on all the sets. And I especially like um, just all the places that they, or like how they presented each different like scene and all the sets in those places. That's wonderful. Yeah, it was. It's a really cool um, special effects, and it's it's fun to watch. And so, I know there are a lot of superhero movies coming out lately. And so, how did this one sort of um, set aside? Was set aside from the crowd, or did it have anything unique that it was like, oh, it's not just another superhero movie? Um. I did like that it was underwater because, I mean, I guess it is Aquaman, so it would kind of be, like, in the ocean and stuff. I mean, I guess it's kind of different in sorts of ways, like... Well, actually, I don't really know because it it is basically just another, like, superhero movie. But if you really look at it, you can kind of see some differences, like how, um, like, the special effects are kind of different from different films that are usually for superheroes. But also, I feel like it's kind of just the difference is kind of like being underwater and kind of land at the same time. Because I didn't really see too many things different about it, but I really enjoyed it. Very cool. And um, so I know you mentioned a little bit about the special effects, but can you tell me a little more about those, like um, in the action scenes and um, throughout the film? Um, Overall, I feel like it was very exciting to watch all these special effects, and I think it was beautiful. And it's just, it was so, like, they were unbelievable, and I feel like they were, like, really good. And I feel like you could really believe that you were underwater with, like, the characters and stuff, because they were really cool. And I also loved how, like, if there were sea creatures, they would kind of be like, they would look kind of different or they would have armor. And I felt like that was kind of different. And that was really cool about everything else that kind of in it. And I think it did fit in with the film quite nicely. Wonderful. Yeah, it's always cool when um, the special effects, you know, live up to that sort of status of a, um, a superhero movie or even go a bit above. And so what did you think about the costume design? I mean, there's a whole new world underwater. 
I love the costumes. I especially love Mira's costume. I thought it was amazing when she came out from like the water and I I like I was staring at her costume. I'm like, wow, that's really beautiful. And like the colors matched in with everything and that's another thing I loved about everything and I I feel like whoever did like the costume they did a really good job. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so what do you think about the um, cinematography and um, when it was in land, um, here up on Earth, or down in the water? I feel like the cinematography was very well done. I really liked um, how it all looked overall. and <laughs> That's awesome. And so we saw a little bit of Aquaman in um, Justice League, but here we see him the whole film. So how has your um, sort of opinion or view of Aquaman changed? Well, when I was watching Justice League, I saw Aquaman, and to be honest, like, I didn't really see too much of him at all. Or, like, if I did, I wouldn't really know who, like, we didn't really know too much about him. We just, we thought of him. I, I would thought of him just, like, as another superhero there. But after seeing this movie, I really, like, understood what he did. And I think that the filmmakers definitely, like, did a good job on describing, like, him and how his life went and stuff. So I feel like when I was watching Justice League, I'm like, okay, it's just another superhero. But now I really understand, like, the whole concept, and I I really like it. That's wonderful. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Liana on the basis of sex, the snowman 40th anniversary. Welcome to Marwin, and I'm going to continue talking with Zoe about Aquaman. So, um, did you like the way Aquaman ended? Do you think there could be another sequel? Um, I did like the way that Aquaman ended, but it kind of really ended, like, the whole story and everything, so I would doubt that there would be a sequel. But if they were to come out with one, I feel like it would have to be a very, very good idea on why they would have to do a sequel because I kind of feel like when the movie ended, you kind of felt, like, what more can you add? So I feel like maybe there could be a sequel, it, um, but if there would, I, in my opinion, like it would probably be kind of like plain and just not as exciting as um, this film that I I really liked. <laughs> okay, I see. I know it's sometimes hard when there's a sequel because it has so much to live up to and you're always comparing and contrasting and you're like, eh, I don't know if it can live up to this. But um, So what did you think of the villain or villains I mean um, I always feel that in superhero movies their role is especially important in creating a good story so what did you think I I really like the villains and one of the things I noticed in this film is that in the very beginning there's like this just whole scene where Aquaman and then there are these two guys and then um one of them is really mad at Aquaman because he did something and I thought it was cool how, like, later on, we kind of see him again, and then he just, like, comes back into the story. And, like, I like that there are also new, like, villains, as you keep on watching, but they also kept with the old ones, and I I really liked, um, like, some fighting scenes with the villains, especially, like, one where they were, like, 
jumping on top of like the roofs of houses. So I, I actually really enjoyed seeing the villains in this film. I also don't think it would be kind of like, if it was a superhero movie, there would have to be a villain. Yeah, that's awesome, though. Yeah, I think whenever they can create a really well-developed bad guy, like you said in the beginning, um, they had sort of a little side story going on. I thought it's like sort of unique. And speaking of unique, um, was there anything special that stood out to you in Aquaman? Um, I think that that little like beginning scene was kind of cool because we don't really get that in movies. It's kind of like just, like, the whole movie if you're watching one. But, like, in Aquaman, I kind of like the beginning on how, and then how it kind of, like, how the story left that, and then it kind of came back to that. Um, well, overall, I think it was kind of, like, an exciting but classic superhero film where the superhero and the villain and everything. But, yeah, I mean, not too much that stood out from this film and all the other superhero films. But I think it was done very well. Very cool. And so finally, what would you say the age range and star rating would be? I think maybe um, 8 or like 9 to... Well, I also think that adults could enjoy this film. So I'm going to say kind of like 9 or 8-ish to whatever age you would like above of that. Because, I, I mean, I feel like it wouldn't only be for just like teenagers or uh kids and i think maybe a four and a half out of five stars because i feel like in some scenes or just in some parts of the movie they kind of could have made it better or just kind of explained everything better but um yeah i mean i think i would give it a four and a half out of five stars Awesome. It was so much fun to talk with you, Zoe, about Aquaman, and I learned a lot from talking with you about this movie, and I would go watch it again, but thank you so much, um, Zoe, for talking with me, and thank you. No problem. Of course. So be sure to check out Aquaman in theaters today. Thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps. And to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out YouTube chan- our YouTube channel and look out for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kids Build News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Llama Llama Red Pajama. I'm Sahiba. Thanks for listening and see you next time. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.